Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the PaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Sarah, it's kind of creepy to talk to you when it's light outside. It is a very unusual event for us. The schedules aligned for a daytime recording. I would like to promise a high energy show, but I'm not actually sure that, that is <laughs> an appropriate, like, I don't actually know if it's going to translate. Like, I certainly feel more awake. I'm not wearing my pajamas, which is like crazy town. Uh, I still have that like high metabolism from being at the gym this morning, but I don't know if that's actually going to translate to a higher energy show or not. Well, our listeners, hello. Nice to see you, hear you, listen to you know that you're there, whatever. I'm actually doing any of those yep. things. Um, anyway, you're probably listening to this in the exact same way that you usually do. But just for context, it's a little bit different for us. It's a, We're recording on a Monday during the day. And uh, I am in my pajamas because, <laughs> because I can. It's raining outside. And this is the kind of day we're going to... I told the boys, I'm like, we're just going to relax at home all day. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Um I, so I just full disclosure, um, this week, I was one of those times where I kind of probe you with topics and I've hit you with a whole lot while you were working on your book and different topics. Exactly. Between, I mean, it's just because you were working on the book for so long and then you, you know, we're doing the video series. And so now at this point, I've got like all of these ideas in there. They're finally going to hit. And I am super excited about the show lineups that we have over the next few weeks because (laughs) they're my topics. (laughs) Like these are questions that I have. And I'm like, Hey, Sarah, answer my questions. We'll record it. It'll work great. Um, there being like six or seven different ones as I was able to kick the can on the ones that I know are going to take like, a lot <laughs> totally. of time to, to research the topic so that I actually have something intelligible to say on a podcast. And I was able to be like, hey, those are a couple of topics that not only feel really relevant to me right now, but those are the ones that like I have information already in my brain and I can already speak about in an intelligent way. So uh, I was able to like shift the priorities and go, that one, that's going to take like 20 hours of research. Let's do that one later. But yeah, I, um, it's been one of the, it's, it really, I've kind of have wrapped up these two huge, huge projects and I was supposed to have more space in between them. And because Paleo Principles was supposed to go to the printer much earlier, but we ended up negotiating like every single last hour that we could from the printer to be able to, you know, spend, you know, more time in that refinement, because it's such a huge book. Um, I don't know if I shared on the podcast, but the the final page count ended up being 672 pages. And, um, and so it's, it was, it was like, almost like my first three books all in one, like it really was that hefty. And so just all of the, the refinement phase of a book, right? The the little tiny, uh, you know, looking for typos in 
uh, graphic, you know, infographics and the, the, you know, oh, wait, this bullet is a different weight bullet than this bullet on this page. That was super, super fine details. It takes a lot of eyes to look at a book and it just takes time. It takes time to sort of do that fine tooth comb final, just making sure everything is right, like as professional as we can possibly get. I'm not saying there's not going to be a typo in this book because of clearly there is going to be. And clearly I am going to notice it when I open the book at random the very first time I hold it to a page and it will be the page <laughs> with the typo on it because that's the way these things work. So the last, the last, you know, few months have been so demanding of my, um, t- just time and focus, you know, mental energy in general. And to go from that to this filming project that's been booked for months. And the idea was to have, you know, four or five weeks in between finishing the book and going to this filming project. And instead I had nine days, which was uh, really hectic. So I went from super hectic project to super hectic project. So it's, um, I'm like really pleased that I'm upright and feeling energetic right now. But I do have to say that I've, I, I have had some like interesting health things like crop up in that period of time. And this hasn't been the like crash that happened with any of my other books. So, I mean, I'm knock on wood. Um, so, but I, you know, I feel, I feel energetic, but one of the things that happened last week filming, so I should probably back up and say that I was filming lectures for an online course that I'm going to be launching in January. Um, it's called the Autumn Protocol Lecture Series. It's a six week course. There's 42 lectures. It is the entire scientific foundation behind the autoimmune protocol for a general audience. Um, and then there's tons of like practical tips, strategies, uh, a lot of mindset, balance, sustainability goes straight. In, it goes all the way into troubleshooting, reintroductions, um, sustainability topics. So all of those things are, are wrapped in together. It tackles nutrient density, eliminations and lifestyle and all of the science behind it you know, how to gauge priorities, all of it's in one course. And, um, and this is something that I've wanted to do for years because there's been, uh, there, I've had like literally dozens of people <laughs> ask me to do something like this. Um, and so I was finally like, oh, I'm going to do it when, once Paleo Principles is done. Um, so what it ended up being was, you know, a, a five full days of filming on my feet, uh, standing on my mark. So normally I work at a standing desk. It's a treadmill desk. So I spend some time standing, some time walking. And then I'm, you know, I work in my home. So I have all the distractions of being at home. So I'll like walk into the kitchen and get a cup of tea. Like I'm, I, I'm very mobile in my normal day. And I don't, I didn't realize how much more strain it was going to be on me physically to have my feet rooted in place and not be able to shift balance on my feet very much because of needing to stay in focus and, and stay like, if you watch somebody talk and they're moving around a lot, it's very distracting, right? So to be able to do, you know, these, you know, high production value lectures, like that's part of the performance aspect is you stay still. Um, I mean, I'm still a hand talker. I can't turn that off, but like I, I really tried to stay in frame because that was important. Um, and what was happening was my feet started swelling up and 
this is a weird thing that started happening to me about maybe a month, month and a half ago that just some evenings my, my feet and ankles would be swollen and then by the morning they would be fine. And I was trying to figure out if there was something I changed, if I changed my salt intake. I hadn't really, I tried reducing my salt intake, but not going too crazy low salt because that would be a problem. Uh, that didn't seem to help. Um, so I just, but it wasn't really bothersome. But then last week, it was, by the time I'd be finished uh, filming each day, uh, my feet would be really quite swollen my and my ankles and it would be uncomfortable and it got worse every day so it was like I'd wake up and the swelling had gone down substantially but not all the way so then they would swell up again the next day and it was like every day it was starting at a worse spot so it was ending at a worse spot and um and that's just like that's a new thing for me it's not something that's ever been part of my uh, health conditions before. Um, but it also has come at a time that I've just recently uh, lost a fair bit of weight. And um, that isn't necessarily because I've changed anything. That's mostly just because we finally got my thyroid hormones in a good range. And it's just been happening like without me necessarily trying, which is awesome and super like we should have little cheer sounds like edited in right here because that's an amazing experience. I was One, I was over here with Jazz hands going ah! you know. Losing losing weight healthfully and it's like I've done body composition with my functional medicine specialist. We know it's fat that I'm losing and it like with me doing all of the normal healthy things I normally do, it was it's one of the things I've told my husband is like, this right here is so evidence that my weight challenges are related to my disease, not to my choices. And this so affirms to me that, you know, the way that I eat, the way that I move my body, the way that I sleep, the way that I manage stress, like all of those things are dialed in. All of those things are great. Um, and it's this, you know, Hashimoto's thyroiditis that is holding me back. But one of the things that happened with losing a lot of Can I just weight? Yes. Before you it. before you jump to that, I just want to say while it's awesome and you know weight loss can be a goal, it can also not be a primary goal for people. I think the takeaway for me when you were talking about that is that the weight loss was a result of you dialing in your health. Like to me, that is so key is to the message that we send. And what I really want to highlight for people and for people to hear is, you know, you're talking about how you know that it's fat, you're losing and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, what is kind of unstated in that whole thing is in focusing on your health that ultimately things will eventually you know, line up if you continue to focus on it and you continue to tweak and you continue to work with medical professionals who can support and, and all that different kind of stuff. I think the message can get lost when people hear something like, and I, this is why I want to point it out, not because I think you're saying it, but because I want to be very specific about what I think we are saying, which is, you know, it, it, it is not the goal and the cheer and all that kind of stuff simply for weight loss, for weight loss sake. It's that that is a, physical manifestation of you achieving another component of health, which I think is m magical and amazing. And, you know, for someone who has multitude of conditions, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, we both have, you know, autoimmune conditions and, and all these different kinds of things going on with us, um, to be able to like, 
check off a box, you know, yes. or like um, another notch in your belt or, you know, like whatever it is. It's like, yes, like, oh, I'm doing the right things. And that's really the celebration to me. Like, that's what I am so happy for you for, you know, like, I don't care what size you are, you know what I mean? But I'm like, so happy for your health. And I should back up and say, you know, I, I had a full adrenal crash after the paleo approach. Like we're talking nearly four years ago now. And I gained quite a lot of weight with that adrenal crash. And I've been working on my health very proactively ever since. So like walking the walk, but also working with a functional medicine specialist to tinker and dial in. And one of the big things that happened out of that adrenal crash was finally figuring out that I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which explained so much. And, you know, my, I believe that I had it uh, starting in about puberty was when my symptoms started. And my uh, doctor agrees that it's likely, although we can't, you know, we can't actually test that. Um, but I've, I've been really patient with my weight. So one of the things that I think becomes really tempting um, as we're, we're um, and this is really relevant to today's topic, as we're tinkering with health, it's very um, tempting to want to go more and more and more extreme with diet in order to lose weight. Like it, it's such a visible metric. And it's something that a lot of us put really too much stock into. Like we really, we really wrap up a lot of our sense of self-worth and self-esteem in the size of clothing that we're fitting in. And I really had to um, sort of dig really deep in terms of acceptance that I was heavier than I wanted to be. But I knew that I was eating an appropriate caloric intake, that my diet was nutrient dense and free of toxins, that, um, that, you know, regulating inflammation was my primary goal, that I was active and still, you know, getting stronger and fitter at the gym. Like I was still seeing those metrics. I was sleeping well. I was, you know, meditating and incorporating active um, resilience activities for stress management. And I was doing all of those things. And I could see in my blood work that the things that were off that were probably affecting my metabolism were things that are slow to respond. And I just needed to be patient. And, you know, especially when it comes to Hashimoto's thyroiditis and dialing in thyroid hormone replacement, that is a slow process. That is something that does typically take years. And I didn't respond very well to the first three different formulations of thyroid medication. I started responding to the fourth and I am now on my fifth different like formulation. And that is a classic experience. That is not a unique experience with, with thyroid medication. So I have really had to, you know, take that, um, my he- health is top priority. And so I'm going to do things that are going to make me healthy. And I want to get healthy to lose weight, not lose weight to get healthy, because that doesn't work the other way. It, it's uh, having excess weight is a symptom. And it's not necessarily like it is one metric of health, but there are far more important metrics of health. Um, and in fact, you know, one of the posts that I will now have a little bit more time to come back to that I've been uh, tinkering with for a long time is actually readjusting weight loss goals because even the weight that most people want to be is actually too thin. Um, and that there's this like what would normally be considered slightly overweight is actually 
the lowest risk of chronic health problems. Like it's actually, if you look at any other metric of health is actually better than what most of us think we want to be. So I've had to be patient and it's been a few years of, you know, my weight fluctuating in a 10 pound range and I get all excited when it drops to the lower end of the range and then it doesn't, you know, fluctuates back up. And I've, I've just really had to accept that that's where my body's at. And it's, um, I am doing everything that's in my power to control and resist that temptation to go extreme because all of the different extreme, right? We see this in these like ultra low carb diets. Uh, we see this in juice fasts. We see this in like a lot of different uh, carb cycling and a lot of the different variations of uh, they're like diet approaches that are kind of getting merged with paleo sometimes that are uh, they're, their marketing is this will help you lose weight. And unfortunately, in every single case, the, it has some additional effects that will either undermine health directly or undermine um, long-term weight loss maintenance efforts. And I'm not interested in just quickly losing 20 pounds if I can't keep it off. Like that's that's not that's not my goal. I would love to lose 20 pounds in a healthy way where I know that my body composition is improving and my metabolism is really high and my insulin and leptin sensitivity are maintained. And these are all things that that don't necessarily go with the territory when you lose weight really quickly or you lose weight on the, with these extreme interventions. So avoiding the temptation to go to, to tinker with uh, – you know, ex like these extreme versions of the diet and instead, you know, digging deeper with a functional medicine specialist and look at things like, you know, for me, it was really as simple as I was thyroid hormone resistant. I had to take uh, a much higher dose of thyroid uh, medication than you would normally expect for where my numbers were to start with. And that was, you know, the only way to know that is to slowly bring the dose of thyroid hormone up and watch what's happening to numbers and symptoms. And it was a, you know, that was a surprise. Like we, uh, I didn't expect that to happen. My functional medicine specialist didn't expect that to happen. And that's one of the reasons why it's been such slow going for me to get those numbers dialed in. And it really was like, as soon as we started getting in the range, everything started to come together and that's been awesome. Um, and, but yeah, I, I want to echo Stacy's. Uh, uh, little aside of, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I am losing weight now, but at the same time, I had found a place where I was really, I felt great. I enjoyed being active. I didn't have fibromyalgia pain. Like I didn't have any skin symptoms, you know, like, and that to me, it was so many millions of times more important than what the weight was on the scale or that I was wearing, you know, size 10 jeans instead of size six jeans like that. It, it just really that was so much more important. So I'm I'm definitely happy now. Like this is this is great and I'm appreciating it. But it's it's taken, you know, three, three and a half years of just patience and waiting, waiting, you know, doing the tinkering that needed to happen and getting to the place where things are coming together. And so I do want to encourage people to, um, when it gets to that troubleshooting for, for resistance to weight loss, um, rather than 
rather than jumping to extreme diets, you know, the, the low hanging fruit to look at is sleep quality, activity and stress management because of how those feed into hormone systems that regulate metabolism. And then functional medicine specialists look at nutrient deficiencies, look at gut health, look at um, thyroid health, look at adrenal health, look at uh, growth hormone levels. Like there's so many other places to tinker that is really dealing with the root problem. And given that these fad diets can actually throw the wheels off the cart and make things so much worse, like there is there is a smart way to go about this. And that involves finding a really amazing qualified healthcare professional to work with. So speaking of qualified medical professionals, mm. I, I cut you off when you, you were did. talking about... Swollen ankle problems. Yes. So one of the things that happened when I, I lost um, quite a bit of weight over the, the last half of the summer was my estrogen skyrocketed. And uh, this has been like never happened to me before. And, you know, my functional medicine specialist said, well, it was probably bound up with all of that fat that was released. And this is apparently a fairly common thing to have happen as have when you lose weight. Um, there's a lot of toxins that we store in fat. So a lot of fat soluble toxins. So it can be a strain on the liver to lose weight. And it can be, um, it can really throw hormone systems out of whack because sex hormones are, are fat soluble. So all steroid hormones are built on cholesterol. So uh, sex hormones are all steroid hormones. And so they're fat soluble. And so when we have excess, we tend to store that in our fat. And losing weight at a normal, you know, one to two pounds a week with a healthy liver, you can typically detoxify that. Um, but I lost uh, weight a little bit faster than that, not not on purpose, but just because my metabolism actually started working. And, um, and I obviously had a lot of stored hormones to deal with. And interestingly enough, high estrogen can be the cause of uh, edema. So it can be the cause of swollen ankles, swollen feet. That's, you know, you can basically any side effect that you see on birth control pills <laughs> – like that can happen naturally if your hormones are all, are also out of whack. So I am um, one of the benefits of uh, filming last week was that I was actually filming in my functional medicine specialist's uh, doctor's office because it's a really beautiful space with beautiful light, and um, they were very very generous to allow us to uh, take over <laughs> their meeting room uh, for five straight days last week. Um, but one of the things that that allowed me to do was like actually, you know, talk to, you know, the, the specialists there and say, Hey, look at my feet. <laughs> this is not normal and it doesn't feel good. And so, um, we, we discussed, you know, like the stuff that I'd already thought of, right? Like, is this a weird change in my salt intake? Do I have some kind of electrolyte imbalance? Those are other really common causes of, uh, swelling feet and ankles. Nope, nope, nope. When did it start? Oh, it started right around the time that we also measured my estrogen. My estrogen had gone up, you know, tenfold. And uh, okay, well, that's probably the cause. I have already been taking uh, DIM, which helps with estrogen metabolism, but it's a very gentle, it's just it's metabolism, but it's not necessarily a fast detoxification. And so the 
consensus was, and I agreed, it is was time to do a medical detox. Um, and I've done one once before. I haven't done one in, in a number of years. So um, so I agreed and I've started this medical detox. And it was literally within like three days. And like this, my ankles look completely normal. They didn't swell up last night. Like it's, it's just been like, oh, yep, this is clearly – uh, clearly what my body needed right now. And, and I thought it would be, a uh, you actually were the one who came up with, let's talk about detoxes. And I was like, yes, because there is an actual right way to go about a detox. A medical detox is such a different, a different thing than what most people think of when they think, oh, I'm going to go on a detox. And I loved that idea because it is something that I'm actually, you know, actually doing right now. And I've, you know, done the research. I know every ingredient that's in this detox. I'm happy to share which brand I'm taking. Um, but there's a huge, huge difference between, you know, studied in clinical trials, carefully, methodically thought out supplement form, medical detox. And uh, can we say crazy town? Cra- crazy town. I think – well, I may or may not completely agree with that assessment. I do think that part of it too is in a people uh, not being fully educated in the biological and scientific function of organs and hormones and saying things like, well, if you just do this thing, whatever it is, then your system will be cleansed of all the other junk you've been putting into it and calling that a detox. And then two, I do think that there are people who prey on the concept of um, clickbait or trigger words mm-hmm. on the internet. And I don't, I don't think that this is going to be a shock for our listeners, but there are definitely people who make a living off of coming up with ideas that sound catchy and will cause people to be interested because it's clever or it sounds good and there is no basis for it. And that's why we've had shows previously where we say, look for, for sources, look for information. And you know, my idea of having kind of a myth-busting detox show um, was more to talk about how people can continue to utilize those techniques to mm. not be jumping into concepts just because they sound great and the results sound like something they want. And so the fact that you happen to also be doing this medical detox the right way at the same time, I think, was just a great alignment because um, – I don't know if it's just because I'm in, you know, holistic communities specifically. There's a lot of people who have um, MTHFR or SIBO or different Mm -hmm. things like that. And so they, they see all these detoxes and um, I, you know, my point, this is a long way of just saying, I don't think it's necessarily just crazy town, but I think if you were to look into the research and support um, or the sources of what someone might be claiming about a quote unquote detox that they're offering, first of all, are they asking you to pay for something, um, a program, a product or something like that, then really look into it. And second of all, what are their credentials or their sources? Because what you don't want to do is malnourish yourself and go nutrient depleted because you're going to do 30 days of drinking one beverage that doesn't have everything that you need. So just, I am really looking forward to hearing, um, 
you offer a solution to people who are looking for something like this. I know um, it was a topic that came up with me when I was losing weight that those um, toxins really do get released. And specifically Mm -hmm. for me, I was losing a lot of weight while I was breastfeeding. And so the concern was like, am I just feeding all of those toxins to my babies? Um, So I think the idea of doing something the right way will be very helpful for people because I know that information is, is sought after. Yeah. So I think your point about um, the word detox being used as a marketing buzzword is extremely on point. And um, there is a ridiculous collection of non-scientifically founded uh, detoxes. And some of them are, you know, some of them are like, take this thing that's basically, you know, like psyllium husk. (laughs) It's basically just going to make you uh, poop a lot right? Like there's these types of things. There's enemas, which um, are, they don't, they don't detoxify. There's no science behind any of them. Um, And in fact, um, they are, have the potential to be quite dangerous. So there's even some science showing, for example, that coffee enemas, I mean, if they're done wrong and the coffee's too hot is extremely dangerous. It has caused deaths. Um, But even when done correctly can cause colitis. So that like, the science actually shows not only are these things not helping your body detoxify, but they're potentially harmful. Um, and then there's the other side of it where y- you might just, it's not necessarily um, a supplement product that you're going to buy. Uh, you know, and sometimes these are things that are available like at the drugstore or there's like a Costco person behind a table selling this wonderful detox. Like these are sometimes you feel like because they're in real stores that they they must have added legitimacy and and 99.9 percent that's that's not actually true they might be harmless um which i guess is good um but the chances of them actually helping you at with whatever it is that's going on is is remote um i think a lot of the like juice fasts also fall into this category. um, And there's a variety of other types of fasts. And sometimes those are interesting because you accidentally, while following this, you know, juice fast or these other sort of uh, detoxes that are built around drinking, you know, eating a lot of vegetables or a lot of vegetable juices, um, they tend to also simultaneously remove paleo foods that are inflammatory, that feed the wrong kind of bacteria. So they have this like, we, some aspects that depending on where you're starting, you would notice a huge improvement in how you felt if you all of a sudden started consuming way more nutrients because you're consuming vegetable, fresh vegetables for the first time, even in juice form, even if you're missing out on that fiber or smoothie form, which is better because you're getting all the fiber. And you also happen to be removing a whole pile of you know inflammatory foods from your diet at the same time. you know, And you're probably not drinking alcohol during a during a detox, you're probably also going to bed at a good time because you're tired, because you're not self-medicating, because you're probably also not doing caffeine, right? There's all these different other aspects that uh, if you're starting from a standard American diet, they're going to make you feel better, at least over the short term. Um, the problem is, is that these things claim, the big thing that they claim, right, detoxification is predominantly done in the liver. So the, these detoxes are claiming that they're going to help your liver function while not actually providing the nutrients that your liver needs to do its detoxification functions. And fiber is also a really key part of detoxification. So 
I think it might be um, good to take like just a, a five minute like rapid like summary of what the liver actually does. So most of the toxins that we are exposed to are fat soluble. Um, and this would include things like heavy metals, um, you know, toxic um toxic bacterial proteins, um, metabolic byproducts, um, and it would include things like excess hormones. And so the liver has what's called phase phase one detoxification, then phase two detoxification. So it takes these fat-soluble toxins, and the first thing the liver does is transform those toxins into water-soluble, to uh, still toxins, but typically less toxic, although sometimes it can actually temporarily be a more toxic compound. Uh, but the first thing is make this fat-soluble toxin water-soluble. Um, and there's a few different types of chemical reactions that the liver can do depending on exactly what toxin it's it's working on. And there's some common nutrients that are used in those uh, processes. So that includes like most of the B vitamins, especially B2, B3, B5, uh, B6, B9, and B12, and then also vitamin A um, and magnesium. So it's, there's um, certain nutrients that are are very commonly used in that that first phase. Uh, also, like zinc and selenium. Let me see what else. Um, some phytochemicals like beta carotene are also used in that initial. You know, those initial they're they're uh, enzyme controlled. Uh, chemical reactions that transform these fat soluble compounds into water soluble. And then there's phase two. So phase two is conjugation. So in this case, uh, that water soluble molecule is basically combined with something else to help neutralize it. Um, and then once it's neutralized, that the, 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 byproducts of detoxification are either sent to the bile and then secreted uh, into the small intestine when you eat uh, and then eliminated in your stool or they're sent to the kidneys to be eliminated in urine. So the liver's job is to detect the toxin and then do these two different two steps of, of detoxification, phase one and phase two. Uh, phase two takes different um, different nutrients. Phase two is the phase that is hindered if you have methylation defects because methylation is required to control a lot of the stuff that's going on with phase two. Phase two uses a lot of uh, amino acids like glycine, which we're getting from collagen, but which a lot of people are deficient in, uh, glutamine, methionine, taurine, cysteine. Again, like all of the B vitamins are used. Vitamin C is used in uh, phase two and uh, selenium again. And so there's certain um, certain nutrients, and they also happen to be nutrients that the standard American diet is extremely deficient in, are necessary for detoxification. And one thing we've talked about on the show before is the reason why eating liver is such a healthful food for detoxification is because liver stores all of these nutrients needed for all of these detoxification reactions. It's not actually a sponge. It's not storing the toxins. It's storing the um, resources that our livers need to detoxify. But also, you know, vegetables are super important here. They provide all of these, these nutrients other than, of course, the amino acids uh, in the right amounts. And um, once the 
products of detoxification are in the small intestine, fiber becomes a really important substance because it um, can help bind with these sort of neutralized toxins and help them eliminate more efficiently, especially when you're talking about things like hormones. There is um, there's something called enterohepatic circulation. So entero means digestive system, hepatic means liver, and it's this way that the body uh, recycles things like bile salts, um, and it will recycle things like cholesterol. So about nine, 90% of uh, the bile that we secrete is reabsorbed into the body. It goes back to the liver. The liver processes it and puts it back into the gallbladder. Um, if you're not consuming enough fiber, you can actually reabsorb more, and it's one of the reasons why a high-fiber diet lowers cholesterol. Um, because it stops us from over-recycling. But it's also one of the things that's really important for liver detoxification because fiber, especially insoluble fiber from non-starchy vegetables, binds with these uh, products to stop them from being reabsorbed. Sometimes if they're reabsorbed, they stay in a neutralized fashion. But if they're circulating in our body, there's the possibility of uh, sort of a, like a backwards detoxification chemical reaction and these things being made problematic again. So the the nutrients that are required for detoxification are richly found in organ meat, in bone broth, in seafood, and vegetables and fruit. And that's why the paleo diet by itself is a detoxification diet. If you actually look at the the the, the problem of detoxification is as simple as, you know, our our livers need the right resources to function. Um, and then, of course, being hydrated. Well, hydrated is a really key part here because of the kidneys' role in processing these compounds and getting them into the urine. Hydration, seafood, organ meat, <laughs> fruits and vegetables, like that is the optimal detoxification diet. And it avoids um, any kinds of compounds that might be causing inflammation, right? Inflammation is going to hinder this entire pathway. Some... Um, uh, genetics like MTHFR uh, gene variants are going to inhibit this pathway, and you can make up for that with uh, consuming active forms of B vitamins can help dramatically. That's why that's the standard protocol for people with MTHFR variants. So having an understanding of like, that's what detoxification is. Now, what do you do if the demand on your liver is higher than your liver can keep up with? There are certain botanicals like milk thistle that can help stimulate phase one and phase two. A lot of the botanicals only stimulate phase one, and that can be a problem because um, the in-between between phase one and phase two can sometimes be more toxic than if before that um, that toxin had gone through phase one. So looking at botanicals that really stimulate phase one and phase two is can be very, very helpful. And that, you know, again, that would be only something you would do under a healthcare, um, healthcare provider's supervision. But that's what a medical detox does. So a medical detox is rooted in providing the nutrients you need and typically the active forms. So you would get methylated folate and methylated B12, right? You, you would get the active forms. You would get retinol um, as opposed to vitamin A precursors in a supplement form. And then you would get these botanicals that can help stimulate phase one and phase two like milk thistle. And so in a medical detox, it is really focused on, it's always packaged with a, and you know, and please do an anti-inflammatory diet. There are detoxes out there where the dietary recommendations are exactly paleo. Um, so there's that, there's a, drink lots of water, there's get lots of sleep. There's, those are always packaged in with these medical detoxes. 
but they're they're based on the science of understanding how the body actually eliminates toxins and supporting the body's natural processes without you know these botanical stimulators are not going to stimulate detoxification to the point that it's a strain on the liver the liver can't keep up it's just a little it's a little boost it's not crazy town um and it's it's basically supporting what our bodies are naturally very, very good at doing and giving our bodies the the resources and a little extra incentive to be able to, to do all of these things. And that's very, very different than the detoxes that are sold to people that are um, – a lot of them are basically involved around, you know, either giving you a lot of fiber or so little fiber that you're, you're – um, decreasing the growth of, of bacteria in your digestive tract, you go to the bathroom a lot and you feel like it must be working. And then there's some aspect that might at least transiently make you feel like you have more energy. But these things are limited in the sense that they're not actually supporting the liver from doing anything that because they're not they don't that's not how they're put together. Um, and and they're not actually a, a long term, right? They don't actually provide the nutrition that your body needs long term. They're not actually providing what your GI tract needs for an optimal uh, gut microbial community. Like there's there's so many limitations to them, and they're they're just they're just buzzwords compared to there is a version of a detox that is a real detox that is you know you know tested you know in clinical trials that is based on you know scientific evidence. So there's it's it's a manipulating um, manipulating the consumer by making promises that are are not founded, and I have a problem with that. No, so <laughs> clearly, I think we both have a problem with I that. Um, I think it's awesome that you went into like what the liver actually does because I think that that will help make people make educated decisions about a claim that someone's making of a detox or to support your liver, like truly that's what detoxification means is the removal of toxins, right? So if something is claiming to detox, figure out what is the mechanism. And if it's liver support, you just heard what the liver needs. The liver does not need endless amounts of cranberry juice. Um, While that can be helpful for the nutrients that are in cranberry juice itself. If you have a urinary phytochemicals, lots of vitamin C, right? If you have a urinary tract infection, there is cause to support that that would be helpful, but it's not going to change the chemistry of your body to remove toxins to a degree that your liver can function better. And I just get so riled up at people who I feel are taking advantage of others by using these as you're calling them marketing techniques. I mean, I think that that's giving more credence to what they're doing than is deserved, but I'll go with that. Um, I just really feel like there are so many people in this community and I know our listeners are friends of our listeners, right? I think that's, I think our listeners at this point have been educated and they're awesome. And I hear from them all the time and I wish I could be besties with all of you. Um, but the point of this is to more provide information from an education perspective that can be utilized when a friend of yours is doing one of these, you know, 
diets and justifying um, nutrient malabsorption or, you know, nutrient deficient uh, diet with, but I'm detoxing my body. And so I think, you know, if you come armed, if you took notes while Sarah was talking or whatever, with questions, you can ask them like, well, what are the nutrients in this diet that you're doing that are supporting your liver? You know, like help them from the perspective of not telling them what they're doing is wrong, but like help explain to me the mechanism that this is actually supporting your, your body. And I think, you know, when I see people do something like, um, a soup cleanse, for example, like that makes sense to me. It's not something I necessarily want to do, but I could see how giving your body a break from digesting, um, uncooked food and focusing on nutrients. And you can get a full profile of amino acids and uh, vitamins and minerals from, soups that are prepared with vegetables, protein, and homemade broth, right? So from that, I'm like, okay, I can see that. And I, I have seen some people recently doing um, these these broth kind of things where all they're doing is is soup for a few days. That makes more sense to me from the context of what you're talking about, Sarah, or this medical detox where you're working with a medical professional to take something that supports it from the same capacity than you know, this concept of, and I'm really trying not to call out particular ones that I've seen. Um, I know it's hard. <laughs> but I'm like, those, just don't do those. Those ones, you know, the ones. Yes, I mean, uh, I know the your ones. neighbor around the corner is doing and thinks is amazing, that one. Or the I lady think- down the street that's, you know, selling them and, and right. telling you you're okay. going to, you know, lose yeah. 10 pounds and gain health by buying all of her shakes. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the, the thing about these ones, I think, that is so insidious is that through, for example, like if you have, especially if you're starting with overgrowth of bacteria and you do one of these things that doesn't feed bacteria and you, you go to the bathroom a lot, you can lose a ton of weight just in bacterial weight from your GI tract while you're creating a bacterial undergrowth. So you have not enough probiotic bacteria to support health. So people will see the weight you know, weight loss that looks like great weight loss, but it's, it's like, it's the same as like, you know, losing a lot of water weight. Like it's, it's not, you know, as soon as you like that, that initial 10 to 15 pounds of water weight that you lose on a low carb diet, that's not actually the stuff that you want to lose. Uh, you know, you want to lose specifically, um, the, the fat that's around organs, right? Like, that's there's like a specific type of fat that is the best type of fat to lose. Um, and losing water as soon as you replace your glycogen stores by consuming more carbohydrates, you're going to store that with water and that your body naturally does that. That's like an important thing to have. And it's the same like if you are losing weight because you killed all the bacteria in your digestive tract by not feeding them anything to eat for 10 days, like it's not real weight that you're losing, but people see the weight on, you know, they see 10 pounds lighter on the scale over such a short period of time and they get really excited and it becomes like this, you know, it becomes like a word of mouth thing that, you know, I, I, I get really, I don't know. It, it's sad because it's this short term excitement of something that looks like it's good, but it really isn't an indicator of better health that then, gets the next person going. And and there's like the similarity between like, that's how paleo has 
continuing to grow over the last 10 years is because people see such great results and they tell their friends and their family and then they try it and then they feel great. But there's a really big difference between those short-term results over a, a 10 day or a 30 day or whatever it is, you know, short-term intervention versus like long-term health. And so while word of mouth, I think, is a great thing in this particular case, it's being manipulated to drive the marketing even farther. So that's that's sad. I don't know that I have much more to add to this. It's just um, gonna it's just gonna spiral in a negative direction for me. Time to wrap it up. All right. Well, I think um, I would like to sort of end on um, probably sharing that the. Um, medical detox that I've chosen to do is by Douglas Labs, which does really high quality uh, supplements. Everything is thoroughly tested before it goes on the market. And it's under, with the recommendation and under the guidance of a healthcare professional. And that is the only way that I would recommend doing a medical detox is under, um, you know, under medical supervision. Um, And with thorough testing and making sure that that really is the proper next step because it is not necessarily a first step troubleshooting uh for for most people so um going back to to like what we were talking about at the top of the show of you know medical detox need you need to know that this is improving your health it's not about weight loss it's about getting healthy um and that's where tinkering with a functional or integrative uh medicine practitioner is you know, it's so compatible with paleo ideas because it really is about targeting the root cause of symptoms. And in some cases, a medical detox may be the best intervention, but in some cases not. And you're only going to know that if you are, you know, working closely with a qualified healthcare provider. So that's that's really the take-home message is uh, – is find find a a good functional medicine specialist to work with. That that is, I think, when it comes to to troubleshooting and tinkering, when when paleo is not enough or the autoimmune protocol is not enough to achieve optimal health, that is the expertise that's missing. The only other thing I would add that we haven't mentioned is, um, and you did mention MTHFR and this idea of supporting liver. Um, by eating liver. And I do want to mention to people who are not yet ready to dive in or not with the frequency that you would prefer. I personally take and love the vital proteins, beef liver pills. Um, I can tell a huge difference when I go a few days without them. They support my energy and, um, the nutrients in them from the perspective of all of the, um, immune conditions that I have as well as liver support. So if you're looking for something um, in the meantime, uh, not necessarily a full on medical detox, but something to support the different things that we've talked about today, that is something that you can buy that is a whole food source um, that I personally have found really helpful. Not that I'm a medical professional, so I cannot advise you (laughs) what to take, but it works really well for me. I can second that because I also take the vital proteins liver every day and we do still eat organ meat in my house and I still take it every day and I love it. So I, I, I'm like high-fiving you on that one. Yeah, just don't, I would highly recommend not taking them at nighttime because that B vitamin is legit. 
Like yes. it will no, keep I you awake. First thing I yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. There are certain nutrients that can rev up metabolism and are not compatible with sleep. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah, for starting. I'm sure you've got a long list of things that I've asked you to cover, and we can mark Shit. one off. off. Detox. Yep. Got it. Awesome. So we'll be back next week with yet another topic that I'm excited to delve into. Who knows what at this point, but I know it's going to be great because I came up with it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thank you again for tuning in and listening. And if you enjoyed the show, if you can recommend it to your friends and family and leave a review in whatever format you're listening, we would highly appreciate it. You can always connect with us on social media or through our blogs. And by shopping the sidebar of our blogs, you are supporting the podcast and we sincerely appreciate that. Um, If you have any questions, you can always submit them through our websites. Um, And what else am I missing, Sarah? Leave reviews. We love reviews. I said that. That's cool. I mean, we do, we we double love that double (laughs) well i mean the the great thing about reviews is it helps other people find the podcast yes so that is that is a really big thing um so even can you if you've left one years ago like what is the time before itunes lets you leave a new one i i don't know but matt told me before that you can kind of like refresh it so maybe you could do that that would be great and if you can't figure it out then comment on one of ours and we can have our uh, IT help desk support you. <laughs> oh, Matt, the man of many roles. Yes, poor Matt. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite Paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Oh, it looks like my sound settings are working without fiddling with things. It's really loud. They're definitely working. It's a Christmas Day miracle on October. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. A Christmas Day miracle? On October. On October, yeah. Hold on, I gotta turn (laughs) you down. It's really intense. Maybe now you won't burst my eardrums. Uh, yes. Nope, nope. You're definitely still going to burst my eardrums. Because when you get excited about something, <laughs> that's going to be it. I don't know why it's not working. Hmm. We can go into preferences. Sometimes I try to do these things myself. And I give it about two seconds. Ah! There is a volume sitting in here. Okay, try again. Da, 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 da. All right, I will survive. <laughs> All right, your gems will make it. <laughs> I mean, bleeding ears at the end of recording a podcast is never considered a good sign. I was going to say par for the course, but no. Um, Hang on, jerk. I thought that phone never rings. I don't need. I don't need to to unplug it. I can just. And it's. It's just freaking like junk phone call because I'm on the do not do call call list and it doesn't work at all. Okay. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.